It's great to be down in Cornwall, um, especially as uh, my wife Charlotte and I and our children, we used to live down here. Are there any people from right down the bottom of Cornwall? Any, anyone from Penwoody? <laughs> there we go. There they are. Um, fantastic. Cornwall's kind of shaped like a Christmas stocking, isn't it? And all the nuts drop to the bottom. Um, that's how I used to think of it. So those people who just put your hands up, that bounced back on you. But it's great to be back here. And I love the theme of Creation Fest this year, Beautiful Wild. Cornwall is a beautiful place uh, with lots of wild people that roam around it. And we had our happiest years down here. We lived down in Penzance and made so many great friends. And it's a joy to be back um, and sharing this message with you. I have to say, I love wild places. I think for me, wild places are beautiful. Is anyone else like that? I don't do very well in managed places, to be honest. I'm already at my limit of managed places coming onto the site today. I have to be honest, I don't do very well with camping sites, but I love wild camping. Does anyone else love wild camping? Yes, come on, two of us. I don't do very well with swimming pools. I don't know what it is about managed swimming pools, but they bring out the worst in me. I think it's too many plasters floating around, you know, and toddlers uh, in the pool. But I, I love wild swimming. Anyone else been wild swimming this season? In the sea, in the river, I've been doing the same. I love wild places. They are beautiful. And uh, so it's a great joy to speak today on the theme of Wild Bible. You should be able to see on the screen a picture of me and my boys where we camped out. Uh, this is a few weeks back now, actually. But these are the kind of wild places I love. Anybody else? That was the Lake District, I think. And my theme today is Wild Bible. In other words, I want to compare God's Word to some of these wild things and unpack and hopefully help us reimagine what it is that we have in our hands or what it is either that we open up or turn on. Do you open yours up or do you turn yours on? Well, whatever you do to your Bible, would you mind just grabbing it? So if you've got a physical copy or if you've got yours on your phone, you need to just find the app. Please don't turn on your other uh, apps, but turn on your Bible app at least. Because in a moment, I want to um, lead us in a, a sort of responsive or a little responsive moment to get three things going today about what we believe we have when we think of the wild Bible. Three metaphors. Uh, firstly, a wild element. The Bible's like fire. Secondly, a wild animal. The Bible is like a lion. And thirdly, a wild food. The Bible is sweeter than honey. Does that sound okay? Does that sound okay? Because that's all I've got. So that's where we're going. But I do want you to join in. So when I say the Bible's like fire, I want you to sort of touch your Bible and do this kind of thing. Could you do that? And when I say the Bible's like a lion, you can work that one out. And when I get to honey, well, I've actually got some honey with me, so that's where we're going. Anyway, first up, before I dive into the Bible's like fire, I want to just say, uh, you just did it then, didn't you? That's really good. I said, when I dive into the Bible's like fire, yeah, really good, responsive. Uh, before I do, I want to explain a little bit what I mean when I speak about the Word of God, because actually, whilst I'm holding the paper version as Charles just brilliantly led us into, the person of Jesus Christ is the real, well, the word in person. So this is the word on paper, but Jesus Christ is the word in person. And this has authority because he gives it authority. Amen? We have what we hold in our hands, the word of God, because Jesus is the word who became flesh. And just like he is well, more wild than fire, more, more powerful than a lion. Just as Jesus is sweeter than honey, he gives those properties to the paper version of his word, uh, the Holy Scriptures. A bit like if, you, if you've ever seen a beautiful piece of artwork, maybe a Van Gogh, um, and you speak of the painting and you say, it's so creative, it's genius. 
What you mean is the artist was creative. He was genius, and we can see that creative genius on the canvas. In the same way, Jesus Christ is the true lion of Judah. He's the honey. He's the fire in our hearts. But he has brought that into the pages of Scripture that our hearts might be set on fire in Jesus' name. Does that sound good? That's the Word of God in person. And we have it on paper. And the first metaphor is a wild element. The Bible, are you ready for the sounds? The Bible is like fire. Very good. You can see on the screen here uh, a scripture from the book of Jeremiah, where the prophet Jeremiah, simply quoting God, he says this, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord. In other words, God uses this metaphor for his holy word. The scriptures are like wildfire, and they can set our hearts on fire. The scriptures are like wildfire, and they set our hearts on fire. I don't know if you've captured how amazingly powerful God's word is and how it spreads like wildfire. We've seen fires, haven't we, raging through uh, Europe especially and other parts of the world because of the heat. And uh, whilst that's a negative connotation of something destructive spreading, think about it in the powerful sense of how God's word can spread despite every attempt to put the fire out. You know, this is the most burned book of all times. You know that? The Bible's the most burned book of all time, but you cannot put the fire out of God's word. It is unstoppable. It is untamable. This is not a domesticated thing. This is a wildfire, and it sets people's hearts on fire. I was struck by a conversation just recently with uh, a friend who's leading a work in a North African country where it's illegal to own any of the Bible, and where they find copies of it in Arabic, they will burn the copy, and they will arrest the person who owns it. And uh, my friend was just telling me how much, despite all of that, despite every attempt to put the fire out, how much demand there is for the Bible in that country. Isn't that incredible? Jesus is revealing himself to people in dreams and visions, and they want to read his word. And so my friend and his wife at night, hoping not to be caught, and I'm praying they won't get caught, they run a printing house in the daytime, printing magazines and newspapers. At night, they're up printing Bibles because of the hunger for God's word in Arabic. This is wildfire. Amen? You cannot put this fire out. It's God's holy word, and it spreads like wildfire and sets people's hearts on fire. You know, I don't know about you. I love fires. Does anyone else, uh, do you have a fire in your home or maybe a fire pit in your garden? I love it when, um, when it's cold. And uh, particularly in the winter, obviously, although it can be cold in the summer, as we all know. Uh, I, I love it when it's cold and, and our families sort of scattered in different rooms in the house. I love what happens when we have a big log fire in the middle of our home. And I love what happens when you light a fire. It's like the atmosphere just changes. Suddenly there's a gathering point. Suddenly there's warmth. And our children are probably still on their devices. But nevertheless, they at least come into the room where the fire is. And the family regathers around this warmth, this presence. Fire has such a magical presence, doesn't it? And in the same way, God's word warms our hearts. When we experience the truth of Jesus Christ in all of the scriptures, do you remember those two disciples on the road to Emmaus? Cold hearts, depressed and hopeless. Jesus comes alongside and he gives the ultimate Bible course. I developed it down in Cornwall, actually, on the beaches of Cornwall. We baptized a whole load of people. And out of that, we developed a resource called the Bible course. So I've kind of had a go at one of those. But could you imagine being with Jesus for the ultimate Bible course on the road to Emmaus? And what was it that happened to them? 
as he opened the scriptures to them, what did they say? Were not our hearts burning within us as he opened the scriptures? God's word is like fire and it sets people's hearts on fire. Closer to home down here in Cornwall, uh, many of you may have read of the stories of God, the impact that uh, God worked through the 18th century revival of John Wesley and Methodism here in Cornwall. Well, John Wesley had an encounter with God's word. He wasn't fully revealed. God hadn't fully revealed himself to him and he was striving and slaving away. And then God revealed his truth to him when someone was reading something about the book of Romans in the Bible. And John Wesley famously said, I felt my heart strangely warmed. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? As the scriptures are opened, if you've got a cold heart, you will find it is strangely warmed when we get into the fire of God's word. You can see here a picture of Gwenap Pitts. Has anyone been to Gwenap Pitt? I'm sure you've all been there for your Sunday school day trips or whatever it might be. But Gwenap Pitt, where thousands of people used to come and listen to the preaching, including by John Wesley and others, the preaching of God's word. And this region of this beautiful region of the world was transformed by the power of God's word. I was reading, um, I don't know if any of you are from down the St. Ives area, but I was reading in John Wesley's journal. And uh, he was talking about the impact of the, the, the Bible and the gospel on this region. And he said this, forgive me if you're from St. Just, but Wesley said, it's remarkable that those of St. Just and St. Ives, who were the chief of sinners in the whole county, <laughs> not much has changed, eh? Not much has changed. Swearing, yeah, sounds familiar. Hurling, I'm not quite sure what hurling was, but it, it wasn't a good thing. Fighting, drinking, and all manner of wickedness. But here he goes on to say this, but now, this is years after he first went, but now, Many of the lions have become lambs and are continually praising God and calling their companions to the Savior. Isn't that wonderful? And I, as I hear that, the fire of God falling and captivating a man's heart and a region. And I, I don't know about you, but I think, oh God, do it again. Amen. Holy fire. A young generation of people who are passionate about God's word. God's word is fire. It spreads like wildfire and it sets people's hearts on fire. And I want to urge you, if your heart is cold, if you feel life is empty and meaningless and lonely, open God's, light a fire in your own heart by reading and engaging with God's word. Do it with others. Do it with friends, but do not neglect the fire, the holy fire of God's word. I urge you parents, you know, I know it's tough. We've got three kids. I know there's lots of pressures, but I don't know about you. Whenever our family gather around God's word, it feels like we've lit a fire spiritually in our home. Something turns on, hope and warmth and truth come through. Let's be a people who really do believe God's word is like fire. It spreads like wildfire and it sets our hearts on fire. Amen. God's word is like fire. Let's hear the noise. But secondly, God's word is like a lion. Let's hear the noise. Oh, you can do better than that. Come on, your Cornish. That sounded like pirates, not lions. Come on, let's hear that again. God's word is like a lion. That's better. Yeah, that's better. The Cornish pirates. That's brilliant. Now, God's word is like a lion. Again, here you can see a reading, a, a, a prophecy from Amos, uh, the prophet speaking about God's word. And he says this, the lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Amos chapter 3. Is there anything more beautiful than seeing a lion in the wild and hearing it roar? I don't know if you've had that experience, maybe on safari or maybe in a zoo. 
or wherever it may be. But when a lion roars, it stops you in your tracks. It demands attention. It brings the hairs on your neck up. It causes you to be arrested by something that is so majestic. And in the same way, God says, my word is like a lion. When we open the scriptures, God's word roars truth over our souls and over our world. God's word then is not to be tamed. You can't tame it, but it can tame you. What did John Wesley say? The lions have become as lambs. You know, God's word can tame the hardest of hearts and bring life because it is an unstoppable force. It always achieves what God sends it out to do. And even those outside of the four walls of the church can feel the power of the lion roaring when scripture is preached and proclaimed in a clear way. Did you notice in the recent events and turmoil in politics, it was a sermon preached at a breakfast in parliament that caused uh, Sajid Javid to make his resignation and all the events that unfolded as a result. You know, God's word is not tame. And it can cause ripple effects way beyond what we would ever comprehend when we read it and proclaim it clearly. God's word is a lion. And it tames those who need hope, who need to find new life in Jesus' name. As I say this, I think of a, a good friend who was with us when we were down in Cornwall called Danny. And uh, Danny moved down from London. He was uh, caught up in gang culture and drug addiction. But when he moved down to Cornwall, he was in a rehab center, and he, came, he started coming to the church that we were leading at the time down in Penzance. And uh, I remember that he, he said to me, actually, the first time he came, he came outside the church, but he couldn't come in. He was so terrified. He said he thought if he went into the doors, he would burst into flames. That was where he was at. He just didn't think it was for him. And so instead, Danny went home and started reading a Gideon's Bible that he had uh, in, the, in the accommodation he'd been given. Now, bear in mind... Danny, upon his own confession, he'd never read a book in his life. He'd read some comics. He dropped out of school when he was 14. He'd never read a book in his life. And yet, as Danny read God's word, and I had the privilege, and many others of our fellowship had the privilege of just seeing what happened with Danny, God tamed that lion. <laughs> he transformed that life because God's word is a lion. It roars peace and hope over fragile and broken lives. I remember Danny saying to me that when he when he was reading the Bible, he said, he's a, he's a cockney. So he had a sort of cockney accent. He says, I don't know what it is, Andrew, but I feel hot. I feel heat. And it's like Danny's little way of saying the Bible's fire. The Bible's a lion. The Bible transforms us when we open it and allow it into our lives. And so can I ask a bit of a question of us? You know, particularly those of us who are Christians perhaps today. Why are we so embarrassed to own our confidence in Scripture? And I say that, maybe you're not, but it just seems to me that as a church, we've lost our confidence that this is God's roaring lion. This is his holy fire. This is God's truth for our world. After all, it's still the world's bestseller. <laughs> There's nothing to be embarrassed about when you hold your, your scriptures and think about what this has done throughout human history to transform civilizations and cultures and nations. This is not something to be embarrassed about. It's not something to muzzle. Let's let the lion loose, not muzzle the lion. We don't need to be defensive about the Bible. We can be bold and confident. This is good stuff, and it's God's word, and it brings life in Jesus' name. Amen? I love this quote by Charles Spurgeon. You can see on the screen here, Spurgeon um, famously made this comparison of, the, of God's word to a lion. He says, God's word is like a lion. Whoever heard of defending a lion? 
just turn it loose, let the lion loose, and it will defend itself. You know, imagine standing next to uh, the, 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 you know, the king of the jungle, the, the top of the food chain, a roaring lion. Imagine standing next to it and offering to take care of it. <laughs> you know, that's the wrong way around, isn't it? We don't take care of it. It takes care of you. <laughs> you can't tame this, but this can tame you. You don't need to become all defensive about this, but this can defend and protect you and your family and your life. We need to get our confidence back in God's word. I urge those of us who represent God's people not to be shy and hesitant about God's word. Not to follow culture, which is more confused than ever about what it means to be human, about where truth comes from, about what hope there is beyond this life. We live in a confused culture, locked in an echo chamber of its own ideas and politics, and we need to be a people who bravely step out of that and say, but there is another way to think of the world. And it brings life and hope and meaning and it stitches back up broken people, and it tames roaring lions, and it transforms nations. God's word is like fire, and God's word is like a roaring lion. We have nothing to be ashamed of, everything to be confident in. Ooh, I heard that. Thank you for that cheer and that, that, that roar. Uh, we need to hear more of that confidence uh, in God's word. My notes are all over the place, so I'm just going to freestyle here a little bit. And simply make this, this point, you know, I don't know about you, but I find when I, when I get distracted by other screens and scrolling through various things, that there's nothing wrong with all of that. But when I get distracted from that, I feel hollowed out inside. Does anybody else? And you sort of lose that depth and significance to life. And you lose sight of what really matters. But I find, and I often do this actually, I've, I've increasingly... As I've got a bit older, since some of you saw me down in Cornwall, as I've got a bit older, I find I, I need to kneel when I read Scripture. Because there's just something about humbling myself before God's Word and, and inviting God and not taking this for granted, but allowing it to speak and imagining myself before Almighty God as I read His Holy Word. And I find this is a posture and a place from which I grow strong. Because I can be fearful and I can be compromised, and I can be sinful like the best of us or the worst of us, but I find on my knees before God's word, I hear the lion roar, and I find a new courage and boldness comes. Can I ask us, why are we so hesitant about this? Why do we neglect this and choose so many other distractions? Let's get our confidence back, and let's let the lion loose. Amen. Amen. The, the Bible's like uh, fire. Let's hear your fire noise. Oh, that's I'm, I'm hearing your cheering noise. That's all right as well. But let's hear your fire noise. Barbara's like a lion. And now finally, I mean, if you've got a copy of the Bible here or maybe your phone, at this point you're going to need to lick it, okay, because the Bible is sweeter than honey. I've actually got the real thing. Just get, no, come on, I'm, not, I'm watching you. Those of you in the overflow, I can see you. You're not licking anything. Come on. Beautiful. Very good. All right, God's word then finally is like, and uh, I've got a jar here, which um, I might give to the person who I think did the best fire, lion, and honey impressions. So uh, hold on to your horses. But I love this jar of honey because it's got a honeycomb inside it. And in preparing for this talk, you can see on the screen here, Psalm 119, God's word is sweeter than honey. That's a comparison that's frequently made in the Bible, for the Bible, is that God's word is sweeter than honey. John, the re in the Revelation, Ezekiel, 
they are both given scrolls to eat, which represent God's word. And as they eat God's word, it tastes sweeter than honey to them. It's a beautiful picture that we're not just to own a Bible. You've got to eat your Bible, (laughs) metaphorically speaking. That's why I got you to lick it, right? You've got to devour God's word, not just have it on the shelf or as an app on your phone, because God's word is sweeter than honey. Now, I hope you've got a bit of patience, because I was, I was digging into honey for this, uh, this message. And I, I, isn't honey amazing? I mean, have you any idea what it takes to produce a jar of this golden nectar? It is absolutely extraordinary. You know, you think about the stages. The drone bees go out from the hive in search of pollen. And, and when they find it, they bring a bit back in their pollen sacks. I think that's what they're called, you know. Yeah, you know, pollen sacks. And uh, they come back to the hive, but then they need to communicate to the other bees where they found the pollen so everyone and everyone else can go. And so they do a little dance. I mean, I'm not quite sure what a bee dance is like, so I'm not going to do it. But this dance is so clever. This dance not only directs them, it gives the direction of the pollen, the distance to the pollen, and even, and on a day like today, this would be useful, even the wind speed. Come on, you've got to look a bit more amazed than that. How, how does a bee do a dance and communicate wind speed? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I actually met a guy on a train, and I was chatting to him, and he, he told me that he used to be an atheist, but he more recently had declared himself a theist. So he didn't believe there was a God. He now believes there is a God. He's not a Christian, but he called himself a theist. And I asked him what brought about the change, and he said, I became a beekeeper. <laughs> Because it's just amazing. I mean, the, the drone bees then, uh, the, sorry, the, so the, uh, the, no, those are the worker bees. I got that wrong. The worker bees, they bring the pollen back. They pass it around, digesting it through their systems. And then when it's ready, they put it into the comb. And the drone bees, then they have to flap and build up the heat of the hive through their body heat. So they flap like crazy to both circulate air, build up heat, water evaporates. And before you know it, you've got honey, which is then sealed over in wax ready for us to enjoy. Isn't that an extraordinary process? And we just take the lid off the jar and tuck into it like it's just obvious. Now, every time you eat honey, I want you to marvel at how beautiful God's creation is. This is a creation fest in a jar right here, isn't it? The beauty of God's creation. And this creation fest right here, right, what is also amazing about it, I mean, this is just the perfect analogy for God's word, right? What's also amazing about it, it is incorruptible. Honey is incorruptible. I was in Egypt a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I saw in an exhibit uh, that they had found in one of the tombs of the pharaohs, they had found some honey that had been left for the pharaoh so that when he traveled through the afterlife, he had sustenance and something to give to the gods at the other end. Anyway, 3,000 years later, they open up the tomb. That honey, you could still eat it. Isn't that amazing? It is incorruptible. It's 3,000 years old, and yet it's fresh and will bring nourishment to those who devour it. What a perfect analogy for God's Word. God's Word is incorruptible. Some of the things that we read and feed on in God's Word, they were written over 2,000 years ago, and yet they are fresh life today. And in the same way that the process that brought us this honey is marvelous, in the same way you think of all of the workers who, that like those worker bees that were involved in writing Scripture, all of those who copied the text and transmitted it, all of the incredible cultures and histories through which God's Word has traveled, and yet what we have is the pure amber nectar of God's inspired truth. It's come through all that process, 
and yet it is an incorruptible gift for us to enjoy. Just as when you open up a jar of honey, be amazed with wonder at what you hold, so also when you open up God's Word, when you take hold of your Bible, I didn't need those notes anyway, when you take hold of your Bible, (laughs) when you take hold of your Bible and you open it up, just remember, lives have been given to get this into our hands. Incredible processes have been unfolding over centuries of history that we might have this golden nectar of God's Word to enjoy. God's Word is like honey. The other thing about honey is not only is it a beautiful process, it's incorruptible and lasts forever. I was actually um, up in the John Rylands Museum in Manchester the other week, and I think you can see on the screen here my uh, social media post because I saw these two manuscripts which are thought to be the oldest surviving Uh, fragments of the New Testament and the Old Testament in the world, which for me as a Bible geek was like heaven on earth. It really was, right? There is this fragments from the book of Deuteronomy and a fragment from John's gospel. But here's what I found even more amazing. So I love this sort of stuff. So I took photos and and shared it. And then as I was traveling home on the train, I I thought to myself, I'm just going to read that passage in Deuteronomy from which those fragments come. And as I read that passage in Deuteronomy 18 on the train, it was as if I heard the voice of God speaking freshly to me. I felt God speak to me through those fragments, through that something that's over 2,000 years old. And I thought of the honey, and I thought God's word is extraordinary. It's over centuries ago since it was written. Imagine if I tasked you today, and I said, you need to write something down right now that in 4022 AD will still be inspiring people then. Imagine the challenge of that. How on earth would you go about that? What would you possibly say that would bring life and be like honey to the taste of someone in 2,000 years' time? But that is what God's Word can do. Amen? God's Word is incorruptible like honey. And so I want to inspire us through this message. We have in our hands or on our devices, we have something that spreads like wildfire, that roars like a wild animal, the lion, and that is sweeter to the taste like wild honey. Do not neglect the gift of God's word. Get this into your family. Get this into your soul. Get this into your church. Get this into your community. Get your confidence back. Let's get our confidence back in the beautiful, wild gift of God's holy word. Amen? I spent uh, the other night, um, I just needed a bit of solace, so I went up on a mountain and slept out on this mountain on my own, a little in my bivy bag, and as I was up on, uh, on top of the mountain, everyone else gone home, the stars over my head, I read Psalm 119, and if you, uh, if you have a moment when you're here on site, why not read Psalm 119, it's just a beautiful summary of how much of a gift we have in God's Word, and the psalmist says things like, your word, Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you need guidance, you'll find it here. The psalmist says things like, how can a young person keep their way pure by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commandments. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you want to be protected from some of the cliffs and dangers of life, get God's word into your heart. It will guide you. It will protect you and it will sustain you. The psalmist goes on to say, I've put my hope in your word. Give me life. Preserve my life according to your word. We live in challenging times. How are we going to keep going through all of the ups and downs of life? Well, here's what I've come to believe. If you keep going with the Bible, the Bible will keep you going. Amen. 
If you keep going with the Bible, the Bible will keep you going. God's word has everything we need, just as the beautiful honey, the taste of honey, is not just a beautiful taste, it does so much good for you. Again, I I feel like I've uh, bored you enough with my honey facts, but honestly, just search online health benefits from honey. It will blow your mind, including memory gain and burns and balm for herpes and (laughs) antibacterial and antifungal properties, and it, it can improve all sorts of things. And we just think it's a spread for our toast. No, no, no. When you get honey inside you, you have no idea of the benefits it's doing you. So it is with God's word. Amen. When you get God's word inside you, you have no idea of the benefits it's doing you, for this is a wildfire that can warm our hearts. This is a wild lion that rules truth over our lives, and this is wild honey that sustains our souls into eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well... I've, uh, I've loved uh, sharing with you. I'll, I'll unpack a bit more of how I practically help people get into the Bible in a seminar I'm doing this afternoon. And there's a book I wrote and the Bible course in the Resources Center. So grab those or information about them. But right now, the most important thing is that we rededicate ourselves to God's Word. So I ask you to take hold of a copy of God's Word. Maybe it's your printed version or it's your app that you just need to turn on. If you want to, you don't have to, but if you want to, just rededicate yourself to God's word. Just take that out and maybe lift it up over yourself, over your family, over your friends. Maybe there are people that you really long to really rediscover the God's word for themselves. Just hold it up right now. Come on, I can see you in the overflow. Get it over your heads. <laughs> Only if you want to, um, uh, but you have to. So come on, hold it up and uh, let me just pray. Uh, just close your eyes and, and take a moment just to give fresh priority to God's word. Maybe there's something you feel you need to do in response to this message to put God's word back center stage in your life. Make that commitment to the Lord. What's going to change? What's going to be different? How are you going to get that honey out of the jar and into your soul and into your family and into your friendships? Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your holy word, the holy scriptures. The amazing, miraculous process over centuries that has brought this honey to us. Texts that were written, fragments that have survived from over 2,000 years ago, and they feed our souls today. Lord, your word is eternal, it's incorruptible, it's pure, and it nourishes our souls. Lord, forgive us for being in any way embarrassed about it. I'll roar again, Lord Jesus, through your word. Roar again through Cornwall and the southwest by your word. Let our hearts again be strangely warmed. Set our people on fire again with a holy conviction for your truth. We live in a confused world, Lord, and we lift up your word over our lives. And we pray, Lord Jesus, let the lion roar. Let Let the fire burn. Let us rediscover the honey of your word. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen.